We may be tired of talking about the great resignation slash turnover tsunami, but the fact remains that every organization is still dealing with the effects of an environment where employees have felt inspired to think long and hard about whether their careers match their values. Some professionals realized they were perfectly happy in their jobs. Some were comfortable in their organizations, but wanted real opportunities for professional growth. And some companies' most valuable employees decided it was time to see what else was out there. All of which has left many L&D teams with a realization of their own. To really be future ready, you have to take steps to keep the good employees you have and attract more people to fill the roles left vacant by the great change-up slash the big quit. One of the ways organizations do that is by stepping up their talent mobility programs. That's the systems by which organizations match employees and their skills with the work that needs doing. The excellence of an organization's talent mobility program is a big indicator when weighing the success of their organizational design. It's no surprise then that it's a busy time for organizational design professionals like the experts on today's panel. We're lucky to welcome back Cheryl Jackson, PhD, GP's Organization Design and Change Practice Lead. For over 15 years, Cheryl's been supporting transformational efforts in Fortune 500 organizations across a variety of industries, including retail, manufacturing, healthcare, and food and beverage. With a doctorate in industrial organizational psychology, her focus is organizational effectiveness strategies supported by organization design, change management, assessment and development, employee engagement, leader development, and performance management. As if that weren't enough, Cheryl also serves as a lecturer in the Master of I.O. program at Texas A&M University. And making his debut on the Performance Matters podcast is Akash Savdaria, Vice President for Talent Solutions at PeopleFluent. Akash is an entrepreneurial technology executive with over 10 years of experience bringing SaaS products to market that solve real-world data-driven problems. He drives the business vision, growth, and strategy for PeopleFluent's talent products portfolio. Akash started out as a management consultant, focusing on business strategy for multinational pharma and biotech organizations. Later, he was co-founder and CEO of Pathir, an AI-powered talent development and analytics platform that revolutionized the enterprise talent and career mobility space. When Pathir was acquired by LTG, our parent organization, he joined our sibling company PeopleFluent and the platform became Talent Mobility. Akash has a bachelor's degree from the University of Arizona with, get this, a triple major in information systems, operations, and management. Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters podcast from GP Strategies, your workforce transformation partner. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts and explore best practices and innovative insights to help your organization improve performance. 
Hello and welcome to the GP Performance Matters podcast. I'm your host, Michael Teal, Creative Director, serving within the innovation team here at GP Strategies. One of the side perks of my role is getting the opportunity to host this podcast, where every two weeks we interview thought leaders about a topic uber relevant to the world of learning and development. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. I personally listen on the Apple podcast platform, but hey, it's a free country. Today, we're talking about the very timely topic of drum roll, please, talent mobility. I'm joined here in the virtual studio by our esteemed expert panel, Dr. Cheryl Jackson and Akash Savdaria. How are you two doing? So good, Michael. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Uh, Our pleasure. So just for full disclosure here, uh, Dr. Cheryl, you can't see this because we're doing a podcast. She is in her hyper-organized office. And Akash, who's kind of like the Tony Stark of talent mobility software development, I think he's in his quantum accelerator. Um, so he's got a little bit of that kind of echo going. So want to just couch that. So as you're listening to this, picture him with all kinds of beep, beep, boop, boops going around. And he's in this kind of accelerator uh, tunnel thing right there. So my question for you two, before we get going into the meat and potatoes, is our listeners like to know a couple of fun things about uh, our experts before we get into it. So Cheryl, can you start us off with just uh, where are you in the world? And also one fun fact about you. Yes. So I am in Texas big state. So I'm south of Dallas, uh, northwest of Houston, kind of in a little triangle there, um, east of Austin, Bryan College Station. And uh, I am not good with heights. I have this fear that I'm just going to become like a leaf and like float over (laughs) a bridge. But uh, I have been skydiving and I would do it again. Somehow that's, oh, that's not as scary as walking across a bridge. That's a fun fact right there. I am impressed by that. And, you know, given the uh, concept of pre-records and, and audio recordings, I have let folks know that you are a guest lecturer instructor at Texas A&M there. So um, you are in a beautiful area. If we need some barbecue, we're going to come talk to you. And Akash, where are you? And one fun fact about you, sir. Yeah. So I am in um, Seattle, Washington. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is I grew up my whole life in Orange County, California. And earlier this year, uh, I moved to Seattle, Washington. And all that I've learned in the past six, seven months is everyone here is super outdoorsy. And the one fun fact about me is, you know, I've never rock climbed, but I think uh, I am going to take uh, an initiative to uh, learn rock climbing, at least at the very introductory level. (laughs) We've got a couple of fun facts. You two, we are definitely on the mobility theme with you two here in the air and on the rocks and everything like that. So, yeah, through the magic of audio editing, our Our esteemed listeners know you two are heavy hitters in this world of thinking about uh, engaging employees and providing the tools and resources. So Cheryl, I wanted to start off here um, really just talking about the fact that you and Akash had, I think as they call it in the pop music world, a collab 
recently where you wrote a blog post and it was really about employee-led development. I, I can see you chuckling over there. So I know I'm doing a good job. You were here. on fire today. I, I just I got <laughs> my dad jokes are just they are just killing it here. So hopefully my kids are not listening in another room here and at the house here. But okay, so one of the things in leading up to this, you had mentioned um, as you and Akash were writing this um, blog post is really that aligning employees skills to job titles and structure and and I quote here is the most important work organizations never get around to. So Dr. Cheryl, put on your professor cap here and tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, and I think this was actually a quote that uh, I was very happy to include. Uh, this was a quote from Akash that he shared with us in one of our early discussions. And I just love it because this is the work that that I do. It's all about organizing and creating a structure for these companies to uh, to lay the, the foundation in the framework. So I, I say it's very much like you walk into a room and it's super messy and you say, gosh, I just need to start cleaning up this room. And so sometimes we start um, hanging up clothes and, and start taking our pencils and our our papers and we just start putting them places because we just want a clean room. And it's it's like, great, now we have this clean room, but when it's time to go back and start finding things, we don't really know where we put everything. At least I don't because I just wanted a clean room now, but I don't know where all of those things were because I didn't take the time to design it to be useful for me when I come back later to actually search for those things. So an organizer or a professional would come in and say, hold on, before we get crazy and just start putting things in different places, let's let's take a look at how you're going to use the space. Uh, where do you like to work and where do you like to rest and how do you like to organize and put things away and how are you going to you'll look for it later. And when it's time to clean up, how do you like to clean up? And they ask you all these questions that you think don't matter at first and slow the process down. But ultimately, they streamline the process later. They create this structure and this framework. And that's what we do in organizations as we, we come in and say, how many jobs do you need? And what does the structure look like? And what job titles do you want? You can't just start offering you get a job title and you get a job title and <laughs> what skills do you want to use and what's a nice fancy title that you would like to have because later they make no sense and you can't move people around what's equivalent is a a, a specialist on this side equivalent to a specialist on that side now they're making different amounts of pay and how do you align that because it creates confusion and then you have different uh, sets of skills and now we don't know how to train on those because there's no consistency because we didn't take the time up front to establish something that made sense and so just creating a little time on the front end to create the structure or this framework or an organization scheme that makes sense uh, saves so much time on the background it creates an opportunity for clarity visibility and and structure mm. that you know, makes it actually usable on the back end. Well, Dr. Cheryl, I have to say a couple things here as kudos for you. Number one, you did your academic best. You did a proper citation early on there in terms of honoring Akash with the quote. So well done with that. I love the fact that you also brought in a very layman style analogy for what could be a pretty complex topic here. So I'm, I'm loving where your head's at there. There's so much to unpack and what you've said here. So Akash, we're going to turn to you here in the quantum accelerator 
Um, so putting on your software development hat or your, your architectural engineering hat here, what I want to ask you is how would we build out career and skill paths slash skill requirements in something like a talent mobility tool to enable people to discover and understand skill gaps for leadership roles. And, and I say this because we don't always know what those skills are. So what's your take on that? You know, um, to be very honest, the stuff that Cheryl just spoke about, it is really paramount for an organization to have a you know solid job architecture, or you can call it career architecture and, and skill taxonomy in place before they even think about talent mobility. And um, yeah, for, for the same reasons, right? It, it provides more visibility for the employee to understand from a career planning perspective, right? What are the jobs that they should be aspiring for? What are the skills that they should be developing? It provides that, that common blueprint and language when they're thinking about career development. So um, I wanna start off by saying it is very important. Um, in terms of how to develop it, I think, you know, from my experience working with, you know, large enterprises, there's a couple different ways that um, organizations are solving for developing um, a career or job architecture. I think one of the common that we have seen um, is an organization might go out and purchase maybe an off the shelf a career framework or a competency model from, you know, a third party. Uh, okay. It may even be personalized right to their industry. The challenge is we're living in a really agile world now, right? Skills are changing. Job titles are changing in industries. Um, and you might purchase a, a competency or a career model, but it'll very, very quickly become outdated, right? After, you know, uh, a couple years. So you're constantly, you know, purchasing something off the shelf, right? Um, and right. it's not always 100% personalized to your specific business. Um, so that's one option. It, it does exist. Okay. What are some other ones? Um, you know, another is many organizations start the process of building it themselves. So there might be an in-house team. They might be, you know, going around, you know, speaking with managers, interviewing uh, folks and trying to build a competency and a skill framework that's very, very personalized to them, right? It's great, um, but two things, right? One, <laughs> it's super time intensive, right? It goes back yeah, to the it quote. Sounds, you're talking about like a DIY approach here, right? Yes, yeah. You know, totally done um, internally in-house by the organization. But again, it's very, very time intensive. Two, it's something if you're living in this agile world, you're going to constantly need to update, right? And still keep fresh. Uh, so the last approach, which is one that I like to recommend to organizations, is, you know, looking at their career framework and their skill framework as an agile, always fresh uh, data set that they can manage. And okay. nowadays, when you're, you know, looking at talent mobility software, you're able to look at, 
within your particular industry, how jobs are changing, how skills are changing, and you can have the ability in real time to start building that architecture and tweaking it um, as you see fit. And I think that's the direction, you know, as we look at the next couple of years, more and more organizations are going to be moving towards. Well, I will say this, Akash, I'm glad that there's brilliant um, architects and theorists like yourselves thinking about this because, you know, this is something that you, you just described two polar opposites. One is you just buy off the shelf frameworks. One is it's, I can imagine somebody sitting there with Microsoft Word and staring at a blank sheet and going, okay, what's, you know, it starts just starting out with those competencies. How do you keep that up to date in an agile world? And what I'm hearing you saying is talent mobility tools that incorporate that type of AI uh, market driven type elements are going to keep you up to date and, and get you a head start on that side. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Instead of okay. having a, you know, off the shelf product or even an empty canvas to start with, you know, having the right talent mobility software technology, they won't completely make your 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 job uh, obsolete, but they'll definitely improve the efficiency for the way that you can manage skills and manage, you know, job titles, right, across your organization. And also having the right partner. So when you have a customized approach, you're not just looking at a blank Word document. That's what we're here for. Industrial psychologists such as myself, this is what we live for. We look at these frameworks and these structures and say, what do you want it to look like? We guide you through that process. And so you're not alone. At least that's the ideal. And, you know, many companies have teams like that. Uh, when I was an internal consultant and that's what I did for my organizations. And, you know, we customize our own work all of the time. And now, uh, you know, with, with GP strategies, that's what we do for organizations is say, what are your goals? What are your values? And let's design the words that you want to use. Um, but there are companies that offer those. And that's where, you know, it's that plug and play approach that he's talking about. But through the system, it, it makes it very nice to pull kind of this hybrid approach of what's out there. Let's customize that and put it together. And it makes real nicely. And that's where this fancy collab comes into play. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We layer those two together. And it's just so nicely because it takes the pressure off of that blank paperwork, which who starts with a blank page? That is so hard. Well, what you two are talking about is really this, the really the value proposition of the merger of GP strategies and the learning technologies group is that you have true deep expertise on the service level uh, personified in this case by a Dr. Cheryl Jackson, and then brilliant product development, uh, learning development focused, talent focused products like talent mobility, part of the people fluent suite here. So it's really a, a great mashup here. So I want to turn over back over to the um, over on the, the side of thinking about this from the industrial and organizational psychology side, Cheryl. So what I want to ask you is this, um, speaking about employees planning their own strategy. So putting this on you here, I know you've been on the podcast before. And by the way, a little plug here for Dr. Cheryl if you haven't listened to either episode 71 about agile change management or episode 76 on continuous learning, I would encourage you to go back, scroll through theirs. Dr. Cheryl has been on here. She is a fantastic guest here. But um, back to the show here, Dr. Cheryl, 
I know that you're a strong advocate for setting up employees for success. I love to hear that as a employee myself. So we've talked a bit about how infrastructure and organizational design play a big role in that. But how do smart organizations expect their employees to contribute to their own development? Yeah, you know, from our uh, employee engagement research and the clients that we work with from our engagement surveys, it has been proven time and time again that employee development, that opportunities for career advancement, as well as growth opportunities, just continue to show that those are primary drivers of employee engagement. And they're two different things. So not everybody wants to advance, but everybody needs that growth and development. It's also critical for overall health and well-being. It's you're going back to positive psychology and all of these different aspects. They're just critical, critical factors. And so many employees often think the manager should continue to grow me, right? They want me to grow. Not necessarily. Managers, especially in these times of saying you need to do more with less, managers are strapped to do more with less. And why, unless I'm an incredible manager who sees the power <laughs> in developing employees, which we know not all leaders and managers are just really, really good. Uh, <laughs> I want to hold on to my best employees because I'm bonused and uh, advanced based on how much I can produce. And as good as I am, I'm still tempted to hold on. Right. So it's in my best. Well, you know, my interest to say, I'm going to own some of my own development as well and continue to, to grow in advance. And these organizations that, that can support and say, you know, we're going to continue to support our managers and continue to help them grow into the leaders that we want them to be. But in the meantime, employees, it's your role to own your career mm. advancement and your development. And we're going to give you the tools to be able to do that. We're going to create visibility across the organization. We're going to say, here are the, the learning materials that you can have. Here are the skills that you need for all of these different roles that you want. They're at your disposal. Take a look at them, dig into them. And our talent strategy says that if there's a job that you see that you want, we support you as an organization. Your leader is going to support you because it's part of their process to support you. All of our procedures, our culture, all of that works together to help you manage and own your own career. And what that means is that employees, they need to understand their own goals. So often we say, manager, what's next for me? What, how would, do you see right. me developing here? Uh, where do you think that I can grow? And we don't know what we want as employees. Someone says, where do you want to be in five years? Whatever makes the most money or wherever this career path takes me, or whatever <laughs> opportunities are available, right? We don't really know a lot of times and it's, it's dependent on the company, but we need to really look within ourselves and say, what are my goals as an individual? How do I want to make money? How do I want to support my family? How do I want to live my life and grow in my humanity as a person and Absolutely. in my professional career? And then voice those goals, tell your manager, uh, and then start asking people how to get there. Talk to other people in your company that have those jobs and those positions. Start making connection with those. You don't have to stay within your own function. Go get coffee with someone across the hall, with someone in across the department. Talk to those leaders, ask questions of those managers, and then start developing both inside mm -hmm. your work 
and outside your work. Start volunte volunteering with other organizations or other nonprofits that can develop those skills if you're not getting them at work. No one said you can only professionally develop at work. There are opportunities to public speak in other arenas. There are opportunities to grow. Use all of those to your advantage. Your manager's role is to start clearing barriers and to start making connections for you and to start helping you brainstorm and to think through and to see things that you can't see. The company's role is to establish a culture that allows for you to own your career and create visibility through tools and platforms and processes that allow you to take control of your career. And if they're not doing that, then it, everything breaks down. You can't say you have an employee-led career plan and then say, but we have no visibility for you or we're going to put barriers <laughs> in your way. Uh, and so it really is important to have those things in place if you're going to say that we support this. Otherwise, it all falls back onto the managers and the HR teams. That is fantastic advice. And I want to just stick on this question for uh, a moment and turn it over on the system side, Akash. So for yep. you... Uh, we've heard a lot of the great advice from Dr. Cheryl. Um, can you share a little more insight on how the actual tools, uh, talent mobility type tools could help facilitate these best practices and tips that Dr. Cheryl has just spoken so elegantly about? Absolutely. So what I have noticed is a lot of organizations, A, you know, we, we get the same feedback that, that Dr. Cheryl just shared is the number one reason you know, a lot of employees um, are leaving organizations is just lack of awareness, right, of career advancement or career growth mm. opportunities. They just don't know where, where to go next. And when we go and dig deeper with clients, we often uncover um, a consistent theme. A lot of them are saying, uh, you know, their internal job board is falling short. So for the longest okay. time, they had been using the internal job board to say, hey, here are the list of all the open positions. If you're ready for a career move, you know, go ahead and apply. But the internal job board um, doesn't help an employee with long-term career planning, right? You don't, as an individual employee, you don't know all of the unique job roles that exist within the business today. You don't know, you know, what to strive for, what skills for those roles should you be even thinking about developing, mm. right? And then how do you develop those skills, right? That's where talent mobility software can come into play. They can uh, actually okay. empower an individual to say, hey, based on where you're at today and your current role within your company, here are other roles that exist, regardless of whether there's an opening or not, right? It's still mm -hmm. creating that transparency to the individual employee of where they could potentially go. And then the big kicker there is show them skills they should be developing and provide them with the right type of developmental recommendations. So that developmental recommendation could be, you know, a project that they could take on part-time to develop skills. It could be a, some learning content or a learning path that they could pursue, maybe potentially even mentorship, right? Um, all with this, you know, career plan in mind that, hey, I can unlock these different job roles if I'm working on these skills, right? And that truly is what career engagement is. Um, and that is, you know, has been time and time shown to be a critical driver of talent retention. 
You know, people are longing to learn new skills, unlock new opportunities for themselves. And if they're not finding it within your organization, they're definitely going to be looking elsewhere. In fact, there already are. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, just looking back on my career, I'm now in my late 40s. Uh, hopefully, I have a, a couple more decades of professional work in me here. But just thinking about you, everything that you both hit there, where you'd look at a job board, and it's really more by accident that maybe you go, ooh, that's something. And then, you know, you might look at it and go, wow, I don't have those skills. And you just, you, you almost feel sometimes disengaged by that um, versus what you're saying is almost like a Netflix approach, Akash, is um, based on your current role, here are things you might be interested in. And, you know, then as Dr. Cheryl was mentioning, here's best practices and pathways and skills to, to get yourself there where you can see a path forward and you're excited and engaged about being with an organization. So I think that really boils down to this word of visibility is kind of what we're, we're talking about here. So um, can we talk a little bit more about that? Like, why does this concept of visibility matter so much when it comes to successful talent mobility strategies? Yeah, I'd like to jump in on what you were just saying about that Netflix sure. board. And, and this is what I talk with my students about all the time when their job searches and say, you know, we get so stuck in what we think of as, say, an industrial psychologist, because these are what my students are, and we think consultant and specialist in learning and development and org design, and we, we're using all the terms <laughs> that we know. And then we talk to someone and say, wow, you have my background, but you're doing that? I never would have thought. And so now we have a new keyword. And so we have this ongoing list of keywords that I keep. And I'm like, looking at all these keywords and job titles that people with your background, look at all these things that they do. Would you have ever looked at these job titles and searched? And they're like, oh my gosh, I never would have because I would have had no, quote, visibility to that until you shared that with me. And so what's so powerful about getting out of your own head and like using a tool like this where we take mm. all of this information and really get out there and say, look what others are using and how we gather that information. And managers and recruiters do the same thing when we're writing a job description, okay, so I think I need this skill and I think I need that skill and I think I need this experience. We're putting down what we think we know. And a lot of people have no idea what an industrial psychologist does or what, but <laughs> do a lot of different things. And so they would never think to put that down there. And so therefore it never gets on that thing. And so we create this pattern of uh, just the same people in the same types of jobs. But once we get in communication with each other, it just opens up a whole new world. Same thing with the tool. You, you put it out there and suddenly we realize how many opportunities they are out there. You do that within your own workforce and you're creating this entire ecosystem of where your employees are growing at massive rates. You don't have to go externally because your employees are exploding with opportunities and you're <laughs> trading them and growing them. And they're just so happy and engaged in their own place of employment. You don't have to be throwing massive amounts of money at them. I mean, they're going to be growing exponentially because they're actually moving into roles and developing their skills, but you're not having to beg 
them to stay and you're not having to hire outside and raising for these hot skills because they're seeing opportunities. They're gaining these skills and you're using the skills that you already have available to you that you had no idea existed in within your own walls of your company. Yeah, it sounds like, I, and I will say this, that you really are kind of describing in my mind uh, this light bulb moment. And I'm sure this is Akash is going, yeah, that's why I developed the software in the first place. <laughs> but but this idea of you're going from relying on serendipity to find an exciting career path to an actual uh, strategy, you know, not to uh, uh, do too many puns with GP strategies here, but an actual roadmap that's intentional, that's architected, and with a software that helps actually facilitate and inspire the process. So, you know, as as kind of a Luddite there, I want to say I can I can see it all coming together now. Um, so well played on that side. If we want to break this down here, so, you know, I'm kind of from the sales world. And one of the things that we think about um, is this concept of a value proposition. Okay, so trying to talk about everything that we've talked about thus far, but boiling it down into here, if, if somebody has got one of those too long, didn't read type mentalities, if we had to boil down the value proposition of talent mobility tools, I want you two to take a crack at that and see if you can parboil it down to a couple of tight little statements. I think when we think about value proposition uh, for talent mobility software or any of the topics we just talked about, right? job architecture development or skill development, um, it really is formulating a strong partnership, a mutual partnership between the employee and the employer. And when we think about the employee, the value proposition, uh, if we go back to your earlier point on visibility, I think for the employee, it's a sense of ownership, right? It's, hey, you're a vital asset to our business today. We are going to unlock uh, a career journey for you within our business by providing you this tool. This tool will allow you to truly understand where you're stack up today in your current role, your current skills, and we'll walk you down a road within our, our organization where you're going to be able to unlock and and have an opportunity to try out new roles understand what skills for those new roles you you want to develop maybe you don't want to develop some of those skills but at least you'll have that <laughs> transparency right, right. Um, which does not exist today for um for the individual uh, employee um sometimes you know your manager could be the best manager ever but even your manager might not know all the opportunities that exist across the business, right? And the larger the business, uh, the harder it is to discover that. So I think for the employee, a good um, analogy sometimes I try to think of myself is in our personal lives, non-work lives, we have apps like you just mentioned, Netflix or Amazon, that are constantly telling us they're learning from us right they're learning from us and saying hey based on what you've purchased in the past here are other great products we might think you're interested in right and they may right. or may, may be interesting to you but they're trying to get smarter over time same thing with netflix right when they're recommending you movies the value proposition when we go back to talent mobility for the employee is exactly that an organization can understand that employee start spoon feeding 
the right type of career paths or skill development goals to that employee and give them the option. Again, the option is in the power of the employee of, do they wanna take their career in this direction or not, right? Now, the, the second, the, the mutual, the why it's a mutual partnership is by the employee having access to this software, participating and learning about opportunities and developing skills, this data is extremely valuable for the organization, right? Hmm. As an employer, as a company, when I have frictionless access to skills of all my talent, understand where they're thinking about taking their career, you can now augment your existing succession planning efforts, right? You might be putting people in the succession plans where you might not even know if the individual is interested or not. But by having the right talent mobility software, you can see what the employees are actually interested in and make sure it's in alignment with your succession plans. From a competitive or workforce intelligence perspective, you can see when you're thinking about your three to five year business, uh, business, business strategy, right? You could see, do we have the skills today in house that are really required for us to compete, right? In our industry. Um, where should we make the right investments when it comes to learning and development? Where should we be thinking about our talent acquisition strategies, right? Where should we be recruiting for the right roles because we might not have the, the current skill set in-house? So I think that is really when we, when we bring in the value proposition, it really is mutual. You're giving optionality and, and empowerment to the employee on their career, but for the organization, it really is about having access to data and making sure that you're making the right talent investments, right, to compete in your, your industry as a whole. All right. So you two have really made a case for the value proposition of talent mobility. And, and I'm going to say this, that for me, it really boils down to values. I mean, you can put a bunch of mission, vision, value statements on a website or give people out little clips that say you value them and their growth. But it's another thing entirely to set up a system, to set up technologies and tools in place that really facilitate this process. So I'm just going to put you two on the spot here and say, okay, I'm personally sold on this. I love it. If I was an organization that said, I like talent mobility, I'm excited about it. Um, Akash, as a developer of this type of tool, what's the first step for an organization? I think um, this is where I'd, I'd like to uh, honor Dr. Cheryl here uh, on our podcast. You know, it really Aww. does start with having a very structured and defined job architecture and a skill taxonomy for your organization. That, that is very, very important. Now, we talked earlier uh, in our session, you know, there's several ways to do that. Uh, but org design is a very important element to enable talent mobility. There is also, in parallel to that, the appropriate change management that needs to be uh, enabled across your business, right? Managers should be trained to have appropriate career conversations with their employees as you're thinking about bringing in, you know, a talent mobility software uh, into your business. You should also think about, you know, structural policies and procedures. Some organizations have restrictions. For example, an employee can't 
move into a new role until 24 months has passed in their current role. So, you know, in today's world, you know, how should you as a business maybe think about changing those sort of protocols and enabling people to move into different opportunities sooner if they really are equipped and ready? Um, but, you know, change management, org design, job architecture creation, the work that Dr. Cheryl has been doing for quite some time, that has to be thought about first because talent mobility software especially the stuff that I was sharing, the recommendations, the constantly feeding the employee new ways to grow and develop, it all gets powered based on this data that the organization has built, right? Along with the cultural change that it has created. Dr. Cheryl, as a least uh, your third time guest uh, spot on this session here, I'm gonna give you the last word. Any final thoughts on this topic of talent mobility that you would like to share? with our global listening audience? Yeah, I'll try to get back away from the passion and back to the academic side. Uh, but you know, when we talk about visibility, it's so critical in, in so many areas, but, but clarity is critical for uh, alignment of priorities and, and purpose, uh, which, which helps us align our roles in order to contribute fully and to uh, be productive in our role. And productivity and satisfaction equal engagement. Engagement equals productivity in the organization, which is money, right? That's what the organization wants. And then <laughs> employees, we want that deep sense of engagement and meaning in the work that we do. Now, from that framework standpoint of actual alignment with organizational goals and objectives as, a, as an organization, are we meeting the goals that we want to? And do we have the workforce uh, to get that? Are we setting ourselves up for success now? And 50 years into the future. We can't know that unless we are looking at what we are establishing and through our hiring practices and our development practices. And so we have to establish that up front and then be able to track that and measure that and update that. And so many of our organizations, the, all the ones that I was a part of are included, we are doing that, this very important piece of work on Word documents and Excel documents housed on individual computers or shared mm -hmm. files. How hard is that to update and maintain? And the organizations <laughs> that we're working with now still say, we do that functionally. We do that based on teams. Everyone is different or we have an enterprise wide function, but they're housed within, you know, our teams page and things. That's so hard to oh. maintain and update. And where's that common uh, library of skills and um, things that you're updating and things that you're monitoring and how do we know what we're tracking to? It is so hard to maintain. Uh, and so having visibility into that, even from an enterprise standpoint, just to say, what are we tracking to? What it, If we continue down this path, what does our workforce look like 10 years into the future? It, it's so important to see if we're moving toward those strategic goals and objectives to help the organization meet those. So are we doing our job? That's really important to, to strive for. So from an organizational standpoint, as well as an individual employee standpoint, both sides, this, this checks those boxes. This has been a fantastic conversation. You've shed a lot of light on both the concept and the value of talent mobility. So Cheryl, of course, you've blown me away as always. So for our listeners, again, I wanna encourage you to check out the past podcast, but also Cheryl's an active contributor to our blog posts. You can visit us at gpstrategies.com and check out some of our thought leadership there. And Akash, 
It's been great having you as a first time guest here. We hope that you'll come back in the future. I would love to. Thank you for having me, Michael. Of course. So Akash, where can people find out more about the talent mobility platform and what you're up to? Um, they can find out more about talent mobility by going to peoplefluent.com and looking at our talent mobility product. There's plenty of content out there uh, that we put uh, around talent mobility. And we are also working on some other exciting developments across LTG when it comes to talent mobility, specifically with some of the work that we're doing with Bridge that we would be happy to share um, with folks that are interested in. Love it. And that sounds like potentially dun, 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 a future podcast topic. So on behalf of our many listeners, Thank you to the both of you for sharing your insight today. Thanks for having us, Michael. Yeah, thanks for having us. The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.